Welcome to the Next Wave Radio Hour from WERU Community Radio, a program featuring folks around their 20s and 30s from across Spain. I'm your host, Olivia Peruk, and I use she, her pronouns. In this show, I hope to provide you with unique perspectives of life from the next generation working to create the future they hope to see. In this episode, I had the pleasure of talking with my little sister, Emily Peruk. We have a philosophical conversation about being in your young 20s, life as a college student, and uncertain life paths. Well, welcome to Next Wave Radio Hour, and usually how I start this is if you can just tell me your name, your preferred pronouns, and kind of what you say like you do for work, or in this case, maybe not work. Sure, so my name is Emily Peruk, (laughs) and I use she, her pronouns, uh, and my occupation is student. I I am in college right now, and that that takes up, that is my life. So yes, my, my job is student currently. You know, not a bad job, not a bad job. Um, and for full disclosure, Emily is my younger sister, uh, of two years, and it's kind of special because October is kind of our month in our family. Yeah. We both have birthdays in October, so it feels fitting to invite you on next wave for October. He, I'm so excited. I love October. <laughs> I always like to start. So Emily, if you can take us back, vision yourself going back all the way to baby Emily. What what was your early childhood like? Where were you? What what was baby Emily thinking about? Oh my goodness. Um, well, I, I just always picture myself as just this really rowdy, lively kid who's just always running around, getting holes in her leggings, crawling on the ground, playing imagination warrior in the woods with, with survival kits or whatnot and all of our camping trips that we took. I feel like the wilderness was definitely like a part of my childhood. Um, and then, and then, also, I feel like um, we moved, and that was a big part of also my childhood too. And we moved to Maine. Um, I was eight years old um, when I got to Maine, um, and so then I kind of feel like I had a second childhood. Like it, there's like a separation in my brain of another life that I also lived as a kid. Um, but I do feel like a, a big part of my being is that Wisconsin childhood, really, where I, like, before eight years old, um, the imagination and the creativity of playing in the woods and whatnot. Um, And then in Maine, I really picked up sports, somewhere to put that energy. Uh, You know, I played soccer. I really got into that. Um, That took up, I feel like, like a lot of my life. Like, I did it in the fall and then the winter. And then in spring, I would pick up lacrosse. Um, So I was like, I I was like, I was an athlete. (laughs) Like, I did did a lot of sports too. Um, And then, of course, school was a big part. I, I always picture myself with like so much energy, um, just as a, as a childhood and in childhood and as a kid. Um, and then of course, when you get older, you focus on school more. And I was, I was like, I was going to work for NASA. That was a big goal of mine. That is, I, that's really funny. I am remembering you would wear a shirt that would say NASA. Yeah. You were yeah. really, 
what what was it about space that captured your imagination? You know, man, man, really going back, man, I think I just loved, I loved stars and I loved stargazing and 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 the constellations draco the constellation is still my favorite draco the dragon yep um and i don't know there's something about like mapping the universe outside of earth was really interesting to me and i was also a big geography nerd and so like yeah um, you are a map person aren't you yeah, I love maps. And so was, I guess that was like a whole other new map to explore and discover. Mm. Um, but then I got grounded in, in the world and became an artist. <laughs> and, became, and, like, and so now my, my mapping of the universe is more about humanity and like people. Um, mm. And so then I, I got into theater and, uh, and I'm studying acting in college. So it's super fun and exciting. Um so yeah, that was a quick transition from NASA to to Broadway right there. <laughs> One star to the other. <laughs> oh yeah, I was just destined to be with the stars. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. So obviously kind of hearing about your childhood, you've you mentioned you pointed on a couple things that I want to circle back to. Uh just kind of this idea of this like almost dual childhoods. That just feels really interesting to me. And I, I wonder, you know, that there's probably a lot of people that are younger and moving can have a really huge impact. Or even if it's just like there's a really sharp transition in a childhood. And it's funny just, or it's not funny, but just the way you were talking about how you have that like split in your brain. And I was just wondering how, how that kind of shapes your own perspective of your childhood. Yeah, I think... I don't know. It's funny because every time I tell people, yeah, I moved to Maine, they're like, oh, well, how long have you been here? And I'm like, uh, uh, oh, uh, over a decade. And, and then like, I mean, I was eight when I got here. So like, I've, you know, I've been in Maine for a while, but in my mind, I feel older. Like mm. in my mind, I feel like that transition. I don't know. Like, I feel like I grew up. Like, I feel like suddenly even though eight sounds so young to me now, in my brain, our move like aged me. And like, there's a transition where there was this sudden sense of this huge change in this transition where you're dealing with these things where you're not just like playing with the friends that you live next door. Like you, you're having to find new people, like you, you find your, your place in this new area and how that it's less about play and more about finding your place. Mm-hmm. And how like in, in Wisconsin, it was all play. And in, in Maine, it was finding my place. And where does my play fit in with these people here? So yeah. I think that is the, I think that's what makes it, yeah, that dual, that dual childhood, that dual life. Yeah. Right. I think like you were saying how that transition kind of forced you to grow up in a way, because it, it was a really big, a big adjustment in your life and how in a way, when a lot of people think about their childhoods, they probably have a longer time frame. But because of that that way you view it, it, it did seem like your childhood was in stages and, and the, the more young, innocent childhood maybe was before a move and the move, mm-hmm. you know, at eight years old. And some people are like, oh, that's so young. But to you, like, I, I can I understand know. how that, that there's a dissonance yeah. in what is childhood and whatnot. And, yeah. and shifting and like, identities. 
And I feel like it's not like I lost my sense of play in Maine or, you know, like I, I feel like I, I did find friends and, and people and I don't remember it, be, it, it like it wasn't super traumatic, you know, for, but, but maybe it had lasting impacts that I didn't recognize at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're a kid, you are just trying to just, you're just going along for the ride, finding your right. place in the world and, and the experiences that you have that that shape who you are that you don't even realize are shaping you at that moment. Right. Right. Well said. Now, I guess kind of building off of that, the other thing you've mentioned so many times already is energy. And I'm wondering <laughs> how how is that translated? It seems like as a kid you were kind of saying it was tromping around in the woods and then, you know, kind of getting a bit older, getting into athletics. And and what do you do now? Do you do you find that you've aged out of energy or or is that some core to who you are? <laughs> yeah, I think lots of people who know who I am or like would describe me as energetic, as enthusiastic. Um that I do have this kind of boundless energy that people are like, how are you still going? You know, and it's interesting. Like I have, I do feel like I have matured in a sense of the energy goes in different places. Um, And that is actually really interesting. Actually, like, yeah, actually, where did this childhood energy go? Where do I put it now? Um, Whether it goes, it really is just this ambition and this determination, I feel like, towards my career now Um, and, and this sense of work that and productivity that I put in my life, you know, I'm always like, I got, I've got to be doing a lot of things. Um, and I don't think, I don't know if my energy will ever, I can't see myself fully changing to be like, you know, like a laid back person. Like, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think that's ever gonna, I don't think that's ever, I hope sometimes I'm like, oh, peaceful Emily is, um, the laid back chill girl, but I don't know. But then would I be changing a sense of who I am and who I've been since a child? Which I think is really interesting is, you know, and I and I am in, in therapy and, and learning tactics of trying to understand my emotions and feelings that yeah, how do I feel about energy and where I where I put it? Um, and how is that different than passion? You know, because mm. we're very passionate people and I don't want to lose that. Like right. passion is very important to me. Um, but can I find more moments of stillness and still think that's a good life? as well. Yeah. Make me question a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know if I answered your, if, if, what question was there or whatnot. I'm just... <laughs> right. I mean, I think it's just also like, I guess it sounds like in a way to me and following just kind of your journey that you, you kind of had this energy as a kid and it seems like you still have that, like that, that seems to be like an inherent almost personality trait you have there's this ball of energy and I just was like wondering like it seems like you said how those outlets have changed and you know for the early stages it was like play and then it was um more of athletics and now it's I guess academic and career driven um ambition and that seems to be I think for a lot of, you know, people in the United States, like a natural transition. Like, I feel like that sort of trajectory is like that, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Really falling into that capitalist mindset. Woo. <laughs> of, yeah. Needing to be productive. You're not a child anymore. You need to 
produce something into this world, you know? <laughs> right, right, of course. But I guess maybe just circling into school kind of, because almost everyone I've interviewed so far has has been, you know, a graduate, you know, they've, they've been a little bit later 20s or their 30s, maybe even late 30s, but you're, you're in the early 20s. And I feel like early 20s has, has this like, very different kind of outlook almost on the world, Mm. and especially still being in school. So I'd love to hear a bit more about just what it's like being a student nowadays and and if there's any struggles or or just notable things that you find you interact with on your day-to-day of being a student. Sure. Well, I mean, my whole brain really is involved in my school, you know, like I do, you know, every day you're waking up and being like, what assignments do I have to get done? What's due tomorrow? What's due in a few days? What's due next week? What's the final project at the end of the semester like you know you do take everything such day by day really planning in these minute things which in the grand scheme of things like maybe you don't mean a lot but in the moment I'm like I gotta finish this paragraph and actually like after this I have assignment due tomorrow morning I'm like okay shoot I really gotta get that you know get that done so being a student your brain is so wrapped up in the very immediate world Mm, yeah but I'm now a junior in college and it's scary it's 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 not yeah not scary in a bad way but you know you have this new where like you're not just get to live in college you are trying to transition into adulthood and living your own life and so I think it is kind of scary to to look out and to be like whoa there are actually so many roads that I could walk down and to have to choose one and to decide and I'm like I don't know yet. Like, especially for me in my acting career, do I go to LA? Do I move to New York? Do I stay in Philly, Chicago, Atlanta? Go back to Maine? Like I've, like there's so many roads and you know that some have benefits, but you're like, but that's kind of scary. And so then you're like, maybe I'll go to the safer one, safe air quotes, safe, like what's safe in this, in this industry. Um, And so I don't know. It's like you're trying to make these decisions that feel like they're going to have such an impact in the rest of your life. And so being in young 20s, like getting into the upper years of college, your your brain is like it's divided because you're trying to survive college, but also trying to like prep yourself for what's coming after. And there are moments where I feel like I'm, I really am turning into an adult because you're making these more adult decisions that have higher stakes. And so I'm like, have these moments of like quarter life crisis, not crises, that's not the right, but but philosophical moments of really thinking about like, what do I want to do with my life? Like what, where, where do I stand in the world? What do I want to do? What do I value? Like, do I want to just hustle until I get like a big role in some Hollywood movie? Or do I want to like write my own stuff, take my time, like spend time with you and the family and enjoy my time in Maine, live peacefully before going to a city? Do I go to a city right away and then just like go back to Maine after I've made connections? There's just so much, like there's so much in the brain because there are so many decisions and possibilities, especially with this career. And so anyways, that's this this part of what I've been experiencing lately is this, this separation of like, you're not so much young kid anymore. What are you going to, what are you going to do about that? <laughs> right. 
yeah, you're faced with a lot more, like you said, endless possibilities, which in some ways are really exciting, but also could be really terrifying. You are listening to the Next Wave Radio Hour on WERU. My name is Olivia Peruk, and you are listening to a conversation I had with my little sister, Emily. Uh, do, you, do you find that this is rhetoric that that is pretty common among your peers? Yes, yes. I To say that any one of us has a clear idea of what we're doing is like not accurate because even if someone does have a clear path of like I'm gonna move to New York and then that's the end of that sentence (laughs) like there's you can't see any farther down the road and so anyone who does have a clear path like everyone is also aware of the possibility that life changes like I'm sure people like you know people who are in the grade above me they had COVID their freshman year of college. And so a lot of them were, were going to go to college and then decided not to right. because COVID had this big impact. And then that changed their whole trajectory. So it's like also like you have no idea what life is going to throw at you. So you're like, I, I understand having a, an ambition and a path. But when life keeps giving you these twists and turns, it's hard to hold on to just one path right? without endlessly considering all the other ones that you could take too. So yeah, there's a lot of us, there's a lot of us that are like, I don't know yet. No, I'm not sure. <laughs> right. I wonder, should we, should we start retiring the phrase, like, what are you going to do after college or any school? Mm. Mm. I know we started, I we started saying, you know, after like to seniors in high school instead of, oh, where are you going to go? Like, what are your do you, what are your plans or what was this phrase it wasn't like what school are you going to it's like there's some alternative instead of assuming that they're going to go to college instead right. of being like like understanding that people take gap years people are just going straight into the workforce you know like i feel like we switched that phrase right or we, or i was trying to at least <laughs> i don't like what are your plans yeah yeah what are your plans i i feel like um but the, like Obviously, there's, like, the high school. There's generally, like, college for most people. But like you said, gap years and straight into the workforce or other paths, um, maybe into, like, the military or other, you know, there's so many options. And I, I do feel like after college as well, there is this, like, um, I don't know, I feel like pressure to, like, know what you're doing, even when it seems like life is is hard to predict. Yeah. I'll put it well, put it that way. I would you're right. I would love to switch that phrase. Instead of like, what are you doing after college? Because right now I'm like, I will this is gonna be okay, a five paragraph essay right now that I'm going to explain to you because there are so many possibilities. Or I could be like, I don't know. So it's either like you're either getting a, a really long story or I don't know. Or is there some other way? Because I think there are seniors, you know, I'm curious what seniors are thinking about because I want them to give me ideas, you know, like I'm like, <laughs> so what are you doing? Like, what are right. you going to do? And I want to, I'm also like comparing myself. I'm like, oh, so do they also not know what they're going to do? Okay, cool, cool. Then I'm like, I'm in a fine spot. I'm in a fine right. spot if they also don't know what's going on, you know? So like, there's also this comparison that you do when you ask people this may be subconscious because I am curious. Like that's number one, I'm curious. But then number yeah. two, you're like, hmm. Where do I stand? Right. 
it's like in the societal kind of framework you're trying to see like yeah if you're kind of with the majority yeah 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 you're like am i am i the only outlier who doesn't doesn't know what's going on what Mm -hmm. i'm gonna do Mm -hmm. yeah that's a really that's an interesting interesting insight because i do think that there is even reflecting on my own experience I, I i'm always so curious what people are going to do after however i know in the moment when you're in that and you feel like you don't necessarily know or there's like you said just an overwhelming amount of possibilities that it's really hard to just like summarize what it is <laughs> that you're gonna do because you don't really know until it happens yeah exactly yeah i guess i was wondering because um, I know, because I know you, uh, that you're you're going into a career field that is, to say the least, very competitive and intense. And I'm wondering if you could maybe speak to that experience, because I think, you know, often there's been rhetoric throughout, you know, as long as I think institutions and colleges and universities have existed, that you you go study for four years and this kind of guarantees you a job. However... I think that has been changing over the years and I think specifically in certain like uh, careers as well that has become uber competitive. Um, I'm just kind of wondering what what your time has been like studying or or what has that kind of been experienced because I, I think it is a unique experience to be studying something knowing that there's no guarantee after you graduate about a job. Yeah, I think... I think it is, you know, I'm lucky that, you know, I feel like I am in a program where a lot of, we really do support each other, you know, because like you said, it this is a very competitive field where it's crazy, you know, we just had auditions for our spring plays and all of us who are friends are vying for like three roles in this one show. And so it's like, how do you, like, how do you be okay with that? And it's less about being upset at the person who got it and more about, you're like, dang, you're like, and then you, it's self-doubt. It's like you immediately go into this like feeling of, of self-doubt and, and knowing that this career field is based off of talent. And so, you know, people question, you know, like if you're not getting roles, like, should I be here? Um, but then you have to just, you just have to know in your heart. Like I know in my heart that this is what I want to do. Like I want to be maybe not just an actor, but I want to be in this, in this field. Like I want to direct, I want to write, I want to, I want to make movies. I want to make stories. I want to make people feel like that's my core. That's my value. So I know I'm in the right place, but I think it's hard for people. It's hard. It's, it's hard when you, when you do be like, how am I going to, how am I going to pay rent? Like, how do you, like, if you don't have a, if you're not cast, how do you live? And that's, that's what's terrifying. And so, and it's less about competitiveness with like people you specifically know, but it's just like with this, this, this unknown, it's actually more an unknown thing that you're competing against Mm -hmm. that you don't even know why you didn't even get the role. You don't even know like how many people were there. If people remember your name, like, like there's, there's a lot of unknown where you are just kind of this mix in this, in this water. It's like, how do you stand out? Like, how do you make it work? Right. 
um maybe i i don't want to like totally disrupt your flow but i was i was wondering if maybe um because i think that there's a lot of people who probably have never been in an audition room before Mm. so i was wondering if maybe you can help paint the scene just to give some people some more context of like what what does that even look like to almost like an audition yeah yeah just what what does an audition look like for you know to the best of your abilities but because i think that it's it's an unlikely career to have to go in to kind of, like you said, it's, it's like, I'm asking for a job every time. It's like a job interview every single time you, you audition. You actually have to pay to ask for this job oh, too. Oh, wow. You know, <laughs> there's that as well. Um, so, so yeah, I guess I'm just wondering if you could just paint the scene for anyone who's, who's been curious or what, you know, what an audition, maybe even a more formal audition might look like. Sure. Well, I mean, quickly painting like a college audition process you know you have the shows that you're auditioning for and the directors ask you to bring in a monologue so like you can pick for like any minute to two minute passage of words that you think shows your capabilities and you know that sends everyone into a spiral because you're like do I do comedy do I do drama what matches the tone like am I supposed to be angry should I cry should I just be like natural like oh my gosh so that's a whole process in itself like doubting your own decisions of showing your best self for this minute and a half to two minutes and there's like a hundred people and you have an audition time slot that is three minutes long you're in a room you're like in a hallway and they open the door and you've been paying attention to the order so you're not late and so you're like okay i'm coming i'm I'm up after this person they open the door you go in you're like hey they're like hey name what are you doing and then i'm like hey i'm emily i'll be doing a monologue from this play and then you do it and then you say goodbye and that's it and then you get a call back maybe you don't get a call back and then that's like that's like classic like college any kind of classic audition but also more maybe more like professional things is like maybe they do give you material from the show so like you'll have um a dialogue between two characters from the show that you'll go in and you'll get to just read once and you have to make one choice you have to you have you have like one opportunity to show them and then you leave and you're like oh maybe I should have shown them something else maybe I should have made a different choice um and so and the, but then it's out of your hands so you have no idea whether it was something you did or if it was something that the director just didn't see you working with this character that they already cast like anyways was that a picture painted should i paint it more more clearly or i think no i think that makes a lot of sense i i mean i think for people just knowing like how how limiting there's so much in, in build up and waiting for like you said 3 minutes and there's usually mm-hmm. no feedback so it really is so much about your own psyche going in um and then how you deal with it afterwards and i i think for, for some people, like that sort of career or having, like you said, so much uncertainty built in to that sort of path of life, I'm sure causes its own anxieties, but also might just be interesting for people to kind of see in the sense of it's not, it's not a traditional job. It's not a traditional path of no. like, you know, this like, oh, I, I go and I get a degree and then I, I'm pretty sure you settle sure in one place <laughs> right and then you make money and you live <laughs> right yeah it's uh it's more freelancey and more 
it's almost like you're like mini entrepreneurs just like going at it each day, just self-employed. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's a great way of putting it. Advocating yeah. for myself. I'm trying to freelance our work everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now, not to totally put you on the spot, but we have been given feedback that sometimes people love to hear, you know, if we have an artist coming in, you know, to hear some of their music on the show and and some other stuff. And being an actor, knowing you have monologues, I thought it might be cool if you find one that would be radio safe. And by find one, I mean going through your memory bank for context for everyone listening. (laughs) If you would be willing to share, I I think that could be kind of cool. Whoa. Like, do a monologue? Do, Do a monologue. This is crazy. <laughs> not that, not, no, 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 but th- it is funny of thinking because I, you know, I, I actually just closed a show um, and I was just in a show. It is Shakespeare though. So, but th- those you know words, I think you should go for it. Okay. Okay. Great. Great, great, great. Because th- those are the words that I'll probably remember the best because I have this thing where like once I do something, I'm like, okay, well, that's out of there. <laughs> Push it out of my brain. <laughs> so these this one this one I might actually remember all the words too. Um so okay. maybe so yeah, if you yeah. want to do like the title of the show and like the character and then go for it. Like I guess like an audition. You're an audition, yeah. but but it's a showcase. We'll 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 make it less scary. It's a showcase <laughs> on next great, wave great, radio great. hour. <laughs> okay, so uh this is um, one of Beatrice's monologues from Shakespeare's Much Ado About Nothing. What fire is in mine ears? <laughs> Can this be true? <clears throat> Stand I condemned for pride and scorn so much. Contempt? Farewell. And maiden pride? Adieu! No glory lives behind the back of such. And Benedict, oh, and Benedict, love on. I will requite thee, taming my wild heart to thy loving hand. If thou dost love, my kindness shall incite thee to bind our loves up in a holy band. For others say thou dost deserve. And I believe it. (laughs) Better than reportingly. Thank you so much for letting me do that on radio. Wow. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That was that was lovely. You are listening to the Next Wave Radio Hour on WERU. My name is Olivia Peruk, and you just heard a monologue performed by my sister, Emily. Now we focus and switch our attention to being a mainer. Alrighty. So thank you again so much for sharing your monologue with us. And I guess kind of the elephant in the room that that our radio listeners don't know is that you decided to not go to college in Maine. And I was kind of wondering what influenced that decision. And yeah, I guess just what what influenced that decision? (laughs) Yeah, well, it's funny. So I I go to school in New Jersey um, and everyone who who I tell here that I'm from Maine, they're like, what, wait, why did you leave? <laughs> they're like, why did you leave? Why, why are you here? Like, why did you leave 
Maine. They're like, I want to go to Maine. Or if they have been to Maine, they're like, Maine is so beautiful. Oh my gosh. Like, what are you doing here? And I, I honestly have to say that, you know, at when I was auditioning for schools, you know, when you're looking at, and I, I was like headstrong in acting. I was like, I need to go where professionally it's going to help me the most. And at that time, I was like, it's not Maine. I was like, I, I, I was like, I, I, I think I really do need to, to step out of the Maine world and to see the acting and theater world that is near cities, that is elsewhere. Um, and so, you know, I applied to places in Boston and New York City and Philadelphia. Um, and wait, can I, can I say the school that I go to? I don't know if it was. I mean, if you want to say the school where you go to. Oh, sure, sure, sure. I'm, I'm proud. I go to Ryder University uh, in Lawrenceville, New Jersey, in central Jersey. Um, and it's in between Philadelphia and New York City. Um, and I... I, I've been to New York City quite a few times and Ryder actually gives like there are they 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 put fundraising into giving students Broadway tickets to go see Broadway shows. So I've I've seen quite a few Broadway shows through Ryder, you know, that I, I've gotten to go for free. Um and so it was like it's opportunities like that and and you know, like really great regional theaters like right in Princeton, New Jersey that I've gotten to also go see shows for free because, you know, you're just like in a coalition with other schools and whatnot and these student discounts. Um so I have felt very thankful um for the opportunities that I've gotten here. Um and I think at the time I was also like, oh well, I need professors who have like connections to like places like this and you know my professors in Maine wouldn't be like connected to New York or whatever, which could be very wrong. Um, and I also am understanding here now, like professors are here to teach you. It's not like, it's not like they wouldn't be willing to help me, but like their main job is just teaching. It's not like getting me not jobs. Like networking like, and the business you mean? Yeah. Like that is at the end of the day, my job. And it's not like they won't, I don't know. It's interesting. It's, the professor can networking life is different than I expected. I don't know why I was expecting everyone to just be like, oh, Emily, here's this audition. I think you're super wonderful and like an A student in my class. Like here, get this, you get this job. <laughs> like, like they're also trying to survive themselves, like in the professional world. Like they're also trying to like book auditions and, you know, do the thing that they're teaching. So it's an interesting dynamic. Um, and I think, you know, thinking about now how I think about Maine after being in New Jersey for a few years, it, it's still, I'm still confused about like how I would do like professionally in Maine. You know, I do think Maine, there are opportunities, there are plenty of opportunities, but it's, it feels more like a closed circuit. Like it feels like if I got original theater job in somewhere in New Jersey like these people would actually have connections to Philly or New York and 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 whatnot where I feel like if I got a regional production in Maine I feel like it would just help me get more jobs in Maine and so it's interesting because I don't see an outlet like I don't see myself like going back to Maine and being able to get to New York or be able to get to Philly like unless 
unless more things start to come there, unless, unless you like open the doors more, like open, open the world of Maine up, um, and, and the film world. Like I do know more films are coming here. Um, but I also just learned that there's like this whole business side of like taxes of like shooting in certain states. It's like, yeah. So I'm also like learning about this stuff too. So it's interesting, you know, because for a while I was thinking about going straight to New York or Philly. And then last year I was like, no, no, I'm going to go back to Maine. Like, I'll, I'll go back to Maine and I'm, I'll start like my career there. But now I'm like, wait, wait, I don't know. I was like, I don't know. No, I don't know. So I'm back again in this I don't know state. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess wondering, like, do you find that a lot of young Mainers feel that same sort of I don't know, like you said, like it's almost a closed circuit or or feeling like, I guess, I guess that's one thought. Um, and then another thought, depending on which one you feel more compelled to, to answer is maybe the harder question, why do you feel like Maine wouldn't be enough? when you ask and I and I do think there's a few different ways like I could answer this a few different things popped into my head but you know one that just actually popped into my head was the reactions I get from other people was that the people that I tell like whether that's people that I've met at school or like my peers or like other like film and tv like friends of my peers when I'm like oh maybe I'll go back to Maine they're like oh and that's it like they're not like oh yeah 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 like you're gonna oh my god yeah you'll be able to like hustle real hard there in Maine like what a (laughs) what a theater and film hub that is you know so like I feel I question myself when I say like I'm going back to Maine because I'm like is that the way I can be most successful? Is that the way that I'll be able to be seen the most? Because I'm more, just from what I've gotten from the reactions of other people and other people are like, no, 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 I'm going to Philly. I'm going to New York. And I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Like there's like the theater world in Philly, you know, like the, the film and theater world in New York and like all these things. And it's like, if you're going to go want to be on Hollywood, you just hustle in LA and eventually you'll make it, you know, things like that. So it's, it's hard. Like, mm, mm, it's like, Philly, New York, and LA are like the most clear paths of job opportunities. Like, even though it is scary to move to those cities, it does feel like once you're there, like it feels like at some point you'll have to make it. Like, because you're in New York, you're in you're in LA. You like you'll have to make it. Like if I hustle hard enough and I know my talent and I know my skills, I will make it. But then, but then there's anywhere else in in the the U.S. and the world like Canada, right. London, like yeah, UK. London's a huge hub. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm like, it, it's less clear. I'm like, how do I make it there? I don't know. The 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 path is less clear. You know, and talking about earlier all this uncertainty, it feels less fearful, but also more fearful to move to a city. This is so interesting. I just realized how I'm like, it's scary. It's so scary moving to a city, but I'm like, wait, but that's the most clear path. And so, but it, but it, 
But it's scary because, you know, once you're there, if you're not making it, then you're like, something's not something's wrong, but you're like, how long do you, do you, how, how much energy do I have to have two day jobs and auditioning like multiple times a week without having some sort of back, not, not, not backup. No, no, I don't need a backup, but without some sort of like money, money backup, I guess, or some sort of like, yeah, financial some sort security. Of like, and secured in safety of like also space where I've gotten to produce work or I've gotten to make my own work. And I feel like Maine, it's like, like I, I still have like um, a safety net. Like I still have right. like ways that I could get in and be working. Maybe not as like high top notch. I think that's what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of like top notch. And in my mind, Maine doesn't, isn't there for like film, TV and theater. It's not like it's not good there. Like you've got a Gunkwit Playhouse and everything, but a Gunkwit Playhouse doesn't cast in Maine. A Gunkwit casts in New York, and so it's like, so it's even like getting to perform in Maine. You have to be in New York, you know. Like, <laughs> so wait, that's so accurate though. A lot yeah. of I think people don't realize like a lot of the the productions that come to Maine, they're finding their actors from other places. They're not actually Mainers. No, no. However, because I don't want to be too much of a Debbie Downer on the main theater scene, because you, Emily, were a part, you're a part, you've been a part of this new revitalization of theater. So maybe, maybe we can speak about that experience and maybe, you know, give some hopeful to the Mainers who, who love theater, because I know a lot of them do. And I don't, we don't want to be like dishing on the theater scene no, in Maine. No, no, no. But... And I don't mean to do that at all, but I'm just, but so the Mainers listening can hear like what an actor feels about main you know like for sure no absolutely it's, but it's it's hard when you're like oh if you're trying to literally be in like a blockbuster movie you're like you're like do i do that by living in maine i don't know like I, it doesn't the answer doesn't seem like yes right now because yeah. eventually you do have to be in person and auditions like not all the auditions can be over zoom or like self-tape like you do eventually have to go in person and where do they cast where those big agencies where the big casting happening new york and la so like or atlanta or philly chicago so yeah you would have to be um, at least fl fly out or drive you know lots of hours yeah. cut catch yeah. the concord bus down down boston oh, and transition maybe and that, straight to new york city probably <laughs> then that's a lot of money too yeah a lot for of times sure. if you, if i'm auditioning a lot and need transportation but no the i i was just a part of um a new professional theater that's starting in maine called the portland theater festival um, and it started during COVID, um, where, you know, live theater, you know, was being shut down because of COVID. And so they created an outdoor performance behind Tandem Coffee Roasters in Portland, South Portland. Um, and then, uh, the artistic director, Dave Register continued with this. And then, so not this summer, but the summer before that, 2022, um, he put on three shows and, you know, they were, their progressive theater, um, sparking conversation. And I was so impressed. And that was the first shows that I saw. So last summer I saw all three of these productions and I was like, wow, this is so cool. I was like, wow, I love this. Like, I love what they're doing, like in these small spaces and these really like bold shows talking about things that are relatable to society, society now, 
Um, and I was like, I want to find a way to be a part of this. And so this summer I did, I did get to be a part, um, a production associate, um, learning all the behind the scenes of running like a theater company and, um, how many parts and pieces there are and how many moving parts and how many people that have to be involved, um, to be able to put on these like really, really wonderful shows and all the casting and everything. Um, and so it's also sad because I'm also like, oh, I, I mean, I really like, I like all those people too, you know? So it's like, you know, I, I, I it's, it's too soon to say goodbye. I'm like, I was only there for one summer, you know? But, you know, if you think about your own career, you're like, what are the best steps for me moving forward? It feels like you just need to be getting on like this, on a bigger platform. So it's this tricky balance where like there is really cool stuff in Maine um but it's like I don't I don't want to necessarily be stuck behind the scenes like I, you know like I do I, I it's either if I'm behind the scenes I want to be making my own stuff but I also need to be on the stage like my 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 soul <laughs> needs to act and I need and I want to tell these human stories and so I'm also balancing that too I'm like where do I find that also to, to try to keep taking steps up the ladder forward right. instead of just plateauing. But, you know, like, what does plateauing even mean? Like, I still get to meet all these wonderful people. And I, it's not like what I call if I went back, like, a plateau. I don't want to – if anyone's listening, please, please don't – this is not – I, 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 I love what I did and I love it so much. But, you know, it is thinking of, like, what is the best thing for me moving forward? And you have to balance that out with something that you really love. And the people that you really loved working with, but it's just like you graduate high school and you go to college. It's not like you stay in high school, you know? It's not like you you stay in the bubble that you know is safe. You keep branching out and you keep meeting new people. But at some point you're like, when does that stop? But you're like, not it doesn't stop until I'm I'm satisfied with <laughs> at some point. But then you're like, when does that satisfaction come? Like I don't even know. Right. You are listening to the Next Wave Radio Hour on WERU. My name is Olivia Peruk, and you are listening to a conversation I had with my little sister Emily. Like, what do you, what do you think are like things that you you t- have taken from Maine, or you know, if because I think the reality is, you know, although so many people would love to stay in Maine, that there is for young people sometimes it feels like that Maine just maybe isn't like I feel like people come back to Maine like in their like 30s like once they've established a career but a lot of young people leave and I'm just wondering what are what are those Mainer traits what are those Mainer things that are the or the memories you keep of Maine with you you know throughout you know Jersey or you know New York City or wherever you're mm-hmm. at because whenever you say it like where are you from I'm from Maine I'm, I'm sure there's some there's something there's something there that like that I think about when I yeah. say I'm from Maine. Yeah, but also people think about you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So generally, people are very shocked. They're like, Maine, Maine. It's funny. Like if in my mind, Maine feels like the wilderness when I say it to people, <laughs> and I get people's like reactions. Like, like, like people say they're from like city. Yeah, like water. You got road lamps, and I'm like, well, sometimes. No. <laughs> It's pretty dark. I'm not going to lie. It's pretty dark. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's, I was just talking to someone the other day. I was like driving someone back to their apartment and it was also a very dark road. And I was, uh, someone in the car was from California and someone else from the car was from Texas. They're like, I know you can't, where are the street lamps? I'm like, there are street lamps. They're like, but it's so dark. And I'm like, oh, this feels like Maine. This feels like home. There's something serene about Maine. Um, and but it but it's interesting because in my mind there's still something like restrictive about Maine that I I can't like put my finger on yet, and I think it's because it's not a city. There's just no. like it. There's just more. Uh, there are more opportunities in the city because there's just more people. There's more hustle. There's more careers and jobs being like casted for constantly all the time, and so. It does feel limiting in Maine, but I know it's not like you can't be successful in Maine, but it is interesting. Like, I feel like people who leave Maine and go to college elsewhere, the people I talk to don't expect me to go back to Maine. Like, they expected that I left. Like, that's and that that's the trajectory that I'll keep. And so I think people are surprised sometimes when I say, maybe I'll go back. They're like, well, what's there for you? <laughs> I think like you said, there's this – I mean, Maine's a small state. I think we forget that. It's like massive in land, but population, it's really small. Yeah. Um, like most major cities have more people than the state – an entire state of Maine has. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I got to remind myself of that. Sometimes. So it <laughs> makes crazy. sense to you to feel like there's almost a cap because there's just so many people. And, and yeah. you know, if you're a young person, depending on what industry you're in, the industry you have just may not be in Maine. Now, we're wrapping up, getting to the end, and we kind of usually end off with just some, if you could think of a younger version of yourself that maybe could use some advice that you've learned now, what, what would that advice be <sighs> to a younger self? It could be as much or as little as you'd like to say to a younger version of Emily. Mm. Mm, man. Well, these are currently learning a lot of lessons about giving myself grace and compassion and to like understand that it's okay to not be the best and to still find joy and, and to really reframe your values of, of, of what's, what truly is most important in your life and what will give you the most happiness. Like to take a step back and, and to think about where, where do you want, where do you, hmm, where do you want to put your energy? <laughs> That's, whoa, full circle right there. Full circle. I don't know. Yeah. And, but it's interesting to think about you know, what, where would I be today if I had learned that lesson at the beginning of high school? Ooh. Because I also feel like if I had been different then, maybe I'd be in a completely different part of my life right now. Maybe I'd be somewhere else completely. So I also feel like maybe we also learn the lessons like when we need to learn them. Ooh, I kind of like that thought. I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say it just as you phrased it like that. Yeah, because I also feel like you could get so like bummed out being like, dang, maybe like ugh, if I <laughs> if, if was, only like, more, if only if I was more kind to myself, if only, 
you know, I understood that like family is more important than this grade right now, you know, like (laughs) something like that. I don't know. But then also when you go through these moments, they also bring you closer to the people that are immediately around you. You know, like Mm -hmm. the things that I'm going through now are also bringing me closer to the friends that I'm living with. Um, And also like talking to you and, and, and family and we grow up, we learn. And when we have more life experiences, we learn a lot more. And also giving myself compassion for not knowing that earlier. Yeah, absolutely. You know, maybe that's, that's just, that's where, that's where I'm at right now. Giving myself grace and compassion. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that was well said. You know, there's, you really left us with a lot of things to think about in this episode. And I do think I don't know. You are the youngest person to date that I've interviewed. And I wonder if that, if that's just a you thing or just like an, also an age thing. I do think it's been really, really fruitful and very interesting. And I hope that, you know, other people get to kind of take something from this and also just hear from, yeah, you know, the younger generations and, and what, what baby 20 year olds think about on the day to day. I'm sure it's very different than what our parents think about right now. That's a good point. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. I got to I got to start writing letters. So, you know when 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 like throughout your your younger years, your teachers always made you like write letters to your future self or whatever. Those are really fun. I did them all wrong. <laughs> Wait, what did you How did you do them wrong? In my mind, okay, it's not like there's a right or wrong. Right, really, we're having but grace, wait. remember? <laughs> there's great Man, I mean, you really screwed up there. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. How did you do it's it kind wrong? of ironic. It's ironic. When I said that, I was like, that sounded mean to myself. Um, <laughs> so it was kind of joking. So, because there's really not a right or a wrong. But what I did was I would always write, I would be like, oh, are you are you class president? Are you in a movie? Have you auditioned for these things? And I would like write questions about accomplishments and tasks to check off. Emily, that's exactly what I did. Okay, yeah, 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 which makes sense because but but what I wish I did was to write about where I am right now so you can see how far you've grown. Oh, I like that a lot. Like almost it's a time capsule of like where you are in that yes. moment. Yes. That's what I wish and I could start doing that now. Heck, like I could just write some letters and hide them or whatever the email thing there's a there's an online version to know how to do that um uh that will send you an email at a a certain date or something wait really that's cool yeah there's like there's a yeah there's a a the internet man there's so much it's a wonder (laughs) it's a wonder um but yeah i like how you said yeah it's like a time capsule of where you are right now um so then i could say what granted the questions kind of do that too because they they do make you think about like what was I hoping for so, what was or I so about obsessed that, about in that moment at that moment but I also think it could be also really beautiful to yeah encapsulate the time of where you are just right now what you're going through what you're living because I'm sure but because I don't remember I don't remember like mm-hmm. when I wrote those questions what I was going through to make right. me write those questions so right. I'm like I'm, I'm I'd be curious to to write them differently I don't think we've ever done this, but I I feel compelled to offer a Next Wave Radio Hour homework assignment, which is (gasps) to write a letter of today, 
whenever whenever today is that you're hearing this of of your of your state and being now and then maybe like you said hide in your house maybe give it to a spouse or a friend to give it to you at some unknown date yeah, yeah. i think that could yeah. be really interesting thank could. you yeah thank you for offering that <laughs> i think sure, now i gotta go do it <laughs> i know now we got now everyone's gonna ask us if we did the thing um <laughs> But anyways, thank you so much, Emily. This has been very fruitful. I hope that people got a little taste of your brain like I have had the pleasure of knowing for 21 years um, and will continue. Glad you used pleasure as your adjective there. Also, I guess I called you 21. You're technically 20, you will be 21. You won't be I'm 21. 21 Friday? Um, yeah, very soon, very soon. Yeah, so the day after this program airs, mm-hmm. So happy early birthday to you. Um, Yeah, but anyways, thank you so much, Emily. This has been great. It's been a pleasure. My name is Olivia Pruk, and this has been the Next Wave Radio Hour. I want to give a huge thank you to my guest today, my little sister, Emily Pruk. Thank you also to the Maine Community Foundation for supporting this program. Our theme music is by Zeke Zacharidis. You can find an archive of this and every other episode of Next Wave at weru.org and wherever you get your podcasts. Please do go back and listen to them if you like this episode. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email nextwaveradio at weru.org. I would absolutely love to hear from you. Next Wave Radio Hour airs on the fourth Thursday of every month at 4 p.m. Until next time, take care and remember you are not alone. Stay tuned for more public affairs programming. Oh.